You're here with the champ on El Bosmo. It's Energize Podcast, episode 27. Barry, how you doing? Grand, but the funny thing is, it's actually episode 28. 28? <laughs> yes. Very me. Very you. I was one thing to do when I get it wrong. It's like, call it the right episode numbers. Like, you get that right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually said what number it was as well. Very us. Right, guys. How's it going? Barry, tell us the rundown of the show. Yeah. Uh, first of all, if you're new to the show, welcome. And if you're back again, welcome what? back. Very uh, you. Yeah. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to discuss what we got up to during the week. Uh, As always. Yeah, including some chaos on Friday night. Uh, featuring Conor McGregor. Yeah. Uh, also, we're going to run through all the fight news, all the world of football, especially Ireland, unfortunately losing 5-1 tonight. Yeah, we're not going to rush it. We're actually doing the podcast still in our Ireland jersey, yeah. so uh, we're still proud Irishmen, but nothing to be proud about that performance. Yeah. We still have our uh, shin guards and boots still on as well. Yeah. Ross is the goalkeeper gloves on. And, <laughs> waiting uh, for the call-up. <laughs> waiting for the call-up. And uh, we're going to finish off with some of the world of Irish rugby, uh, because we're meant to be going to the Viva this Saturday for the Ireland-Fiji game. Mmm, Fiji. So I think that's the perfect intro yeah. to start off the perfect podcast. Excellent stuff. Uh, so. so on Thursday, since we're, we were just back from New York, Ross met one of his sporting heroes. I think you should take it away. So as some of you probably do know and some of you may not know, I met Peter Schmeichel on Thursday. Um, Peter Schmeichel was one of my heroes growing up. One of my favourite moments ever is in the 1998-1999 FA Cup semi-final when Schmeichel saves the penalty against Bergkamp and then Giggs ran the ball up the pitch and scored the goal against Arsenal. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that was the final, but it was actually the semi-final yeah, yeah. when they think back to it. And Peter Schmeichel was just always one of my heroes. He was just an incredible player and he was just fantastic. So I was doing a bit of stuff on News Talk on Thursday as yeah. me and Barry do from time to time. Well, was he, how big was he? He was actually, he was a bit bigger than me, but like he wasn't overly massive and like you can tell like he had a bit of, well I'm not going to say he was like, he was a bit out of shape. Was he? Well like he wasn't like t- totally out of shape, but you can tell like he wasn't smashing the gym six times a week. On the, you know Car- I mean? on the points of Carlsberg? Yeah. Um, look, it, it was actually, if anyone who knows me outside here knows that like, I'm not very intimidated by anyone and I'm not like very shy, but I was actually sitting across from at a table for about five minutes and I was like, Ross, what do you say to say hello to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. what do I say? Normally, if it was like, if ba- someone Barry really liked was sitting there and then I was there, I'd just say something to them and that'd be it. But I was sitting there going, what do I say? And he was sitting there with his agent and I didn't really know what to do and yeah. I, I sort of whatever. And then the competition winners came back and I was like, brilliant, this is my opportunity. So they came back and they had a chat or whatever and they got a phone and I was like, oh, Peter, do you mind if I grab one too? And he was like, yeah, no problem. But he actually really didn't want to take the photo at all. He's not, uh, he's actually not the friendliest character of all time, but he doesn't actually have to be like, you don't have to be friendly. That's yeah. up to his own choice. Yeah, it was it was funny before, I remember we were working and uh, we actually were like hanging around with Michael Ballack's girlfriend. Yeah. And then like she was like running the social media and he was hanging out. It was funny, it's funny the people you get to meet doing that job as well. Actually, no, it is. It, it, it was a bit wild. Like Shay Gibbon was there as well and Kenny Cunningham and Brian Kerr and Kevin Kilban. Uh, no, it was a really good show. I really enjoyed doing it. They had like a throwing competition, which uh, yeah, Shay given yeah. actually beat Peter Schmeichel in it. Yeah, yeah, uh, which was pretty. Oh, sure, Shay's still playing. Yeah, well on the bench. Well, yeah, James Shay still laced up his boots. Yeah, 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 he is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but look, he's Peter Schmeichel. I've never seen someone bolt so quickly after a show out the door. He, as soon as the show was over, he was gone. It was as if he knew everyone outside wanted a photo of him. And uh, look, uh, was I 
absolutely wowed. I was wowed by his performance. Even told him like Pete is actually named after Peter Schmeichel. Yeah. And he, I think he, when I told him that, he looked at me like he was a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably like, get this guy away from me. But is this before or after the photo? During, during, during the photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like well, I had my arm around him. And, uh, yeah, look, um, Peter Schmeichel was not impressed by me. I was impressed by Peter Schmeichel. Put it that way. And that's how the meeting went. But uh, yeah, basically in the last week, I've met two of my heroes, Peter Schmeichel and Demetrius Johnson, and they both hate me. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, but you did headbutt uh, Demetrius Johnson. Yeah, that, that is fair. That Somehow. Is fair. Somehow. Yeah. Well, you know, I was trying to like get my head in beside him, and then <laughs> you had to get down on your knees. Yeah, yeah. I think I rocked him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it off now. Yeah. Good <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Well, that sort of leads us into Friday. Uh, we went to Bellator and Bama in the Tree Arena. We were actually working at it, and uh, first of all, we were sorted out by Ray, and uh, it sorts us out every time we worked there. But like. What like we were looked after so well again? Um, I feel like last week we were just so lucky with like all the fighters we met. Yeah. Like all the photos we even met. Uh, all the photos of the people that we met as well. Uh, the people like commenting on being like, "Lads, you're meeting everyone," and it's yeah. just like, yeah. And it was funny because like the photos were like, keep on rolling out, and it was yeah. a bit like, "Who's next?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. quite funny. Yeah, who is next? We actually still have a few more. Just when yeah. people are fighting, we're gonna put them out. I don't know about you, Barry, but right when I went back into work that week, I had to explain to people. Like people were like, oh, how was the holiday? And I was like, do you know anything about UFC? And they were like, no. And I was like, you will never get how good it was then. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It'd be a bit like if you like the Kardashians and then like you stayed in their gaff for a week. That's what I was like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I was like, I was in bits all week from from that trip. Just to fly in, the lack of sleep, like falling asleep at my desk nearly the whole week. Oh yeah, it took about four days to get like back to normal. Yeah, yeah. But on Friday, okay. Um, <clears throat> Before we actually get into the proper f- talks of the fights, which is later on in the show, uh, I just want to sort of explain what sort of happened, right? So, I arrived earlier than Ross. Ross got off work late from Jemson. Then, uh, I was sitting there in the media, the media part of the arena. And then, um, the first fight goes down. Second fight is what uh, Conor McGregor's crew rolls in. And then, uh, I text Ross being like, oh, Con- the MacLive crew are here, but Conor's not here. And he was like, okay. And then I was like, oh shit, Conor walks in and like, the stadium wasn't even full, but uh, when he walks in, like obviously everyone's like shouting, shouting, shouting. So then uh, Charlie Ward fights uh, uh, Johnny Jitsu, and then um, at the very, very end of the first round, uh, Charlie Ward knocks him out, and then there is pandemonium, right? So Conor McGregor jumps into the octagon. Uh, there's like pushing chaos. I'm sure everyone's seen this on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. But uh, it was chaos, right? And then uh, Ross rings me while this is going on. And he's like, where are you? I'm outside. I was like, man, Conor McGregor's in the octagon. I don't know. Like, what's going on? It's crazy. Like, this was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. Because I've never, ever seen that before, ever. Not even just Conor McGregor. Like, anywhere. Uh, So then uh, after about like 10 minutes of like pandemonium, Conor McGregor like rolls back out to where the media people come in, which was blocked off. And guess who's standing there? Ross Cadwell. So this is where you should take away what happened then. So basically, I walk, I walk in and I was like, I need a media, like, I'm here to take my media pass. And they were like, where is it? I go, Barry has it inside. And they're like, oh, you can't come here. So like, they sent me back outside. And I walk outside. And there's Conor McGregor going, fuck that ref, he was out, he was out. And I'm there going, what's going on here? There's Conor McGregor. And he looks really, really annoyed. And then I, I didn't know <laughs> what was going on. Right? So then I sort of like walk over to what's going on because I was like, Conor McGregor's over there. I'm going to see what's going on. Uh, walk over, <laughs> right? Take my phone out. I was like, oh, I should probably start recording. Then me and Conor McGregor make eye contact, right? And he just gives me like this death stare. And I was like, 
phone swiftly back in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. But if you actually see the video of Conor McGregor backstage and he cut to about like 31, 32 seconds in it, you see me sort of floating off to the right hand side, just <laughs> floating there. It was absolute pandemonium. I didn't have a clue what was going on. I was on the phone to Barry and Barry's like, meet me here. And I'm like, where? Meet me where? And I'm just like, man, Conor McGregor's standing here in front of me and I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the wildest scenes I think it I've was, seen it was, it was ever. Crazy. It was crazy. Like I thought, I thought UFC 217 was crazy, but like that was just a different level. Yeah, I can't believe Conor McGregor like wasn't even fighting and came in and, like broke the internet at Bellator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that 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 just blew up the whole event. Yeah, and um, it was it was the talk of the event then, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was it was so funny the way like half the people missed it mm. because uh, they obviously didn't arrive on time because it, it happened it was the second fight. It happened so fast, but uh, I suppose we should probably talk about the actual instance itself. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Charlie Ward. Well, Conor McGregor thinks Charlie Ward's won. Mark Goddard, who was the referee at the time, said he was calling for the end of the round. Conor McGregor assumed it was the end of the fight. Yeah. Four minutes fifty nine seconds. Whatever. I think. Right. It, in fairness, before we go on, I actually think that like he did. He finished him. He, he like knocked him out, and that was it. Like that's what I saw. Anyway. Well, put it this way: when all the pandemonium was going on, Johnny Jitsu was still on the ground. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, like the good thirty seconds later, Johnny Jitsu hadn't got back to his feet. So, like yeah. in my opinion, it was probably also over. Yeah. So. McGregor comes in and he actually jumps on Charlie Ward and he actually like takes him down. Yeah. Uh, they're on the ground and Mark Goddard's like, get out, the fight's not over, the fight's not over. And then uh, I think Mark Goddard sort of put his hands on his chest. But you have to remember the history between Conor McGregor and Mark Goddard. Yeah, and a, lot UFC, of people, a lot of people probably don't know this. Yeah. So at UFC Poland, obviously Artem was fighting against Andre Feely. And during the fight, McGregor actually got up onto the side of the cage and he was giving Artem instructions and he was obviously cheering on his best mate. And then Mark Goddard got up and like sort of scolded Conor McGregor and told him he has to leave. He's not a cornerman. He can't be in the way. So therefore, Conor McGregor and Mark Goddard clearly have some sort of I'm not gonna say rivalry, but there's like probably not the best. Yeah, probably not the best relation. Probably in fairness, Mark Goddard probably give rats about Conor McGregor, but Conor McGregor will remember what Mark Goddard did to him. They probably won't be sending each other Christmas cards yeah. that way. So basically. When it all happened, Mark Goddard was trying to get McGregor out of the ring, but McGregor wasn't a fighter at the time, so he actually pushed Mark Goddard away from him, and he was basically saying that he's out and the fight's over, and this was a bit of pandemonium. Then McGregor left the octagon, or the cage, or whatever, the Bellator cage, sort of did a loop around it, hyped up all the fans, yeah. and then went to get back into the octagon, yeah, yeah. and then one of the sort of Bellator officials tried to like push his leg back out of the octagon. And McGregor slapped him in the face. Yeah. Now, now, this is probably the worst thing that he yeah. did. But also, I just want to add in. Well, we put a post up on Instagram saying that... Conor McGregor, he came, he caused carnage and he left. Yeah, I think it was something along yeah, those yeah, lines. Then we said top of the range entertainment. Yeah. Now, when we actually post that, we weren't actually aware that he actually hit, hit this guy in the face. No. Now. I, I, like, I was aware about the referee thing, but I didn't know there was no... like. I, I knew he didn't punch the referee. Put it this like, way. Mark Goddard's like six foot six and he's like about nineteen stone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. pushing he, him isn't isn't gonna hurt him. Yeah, yeah, and he knows exactly how like he He, he knows how to handle himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also so bear in mind also like when we put posts up we were saying like the like We're in the moment. Yeah, but like the carnage, like the like the entertainment value, like like it was just like off the rails. We didn't actually know there was a punch thrown to any sort of quote unquote civilian. Yeah. So like obviously we, we aren't like like that, like we weren't like yes, brilliant. He's hitting people. That's yeah. grand. Hit me next, lads. Yeah, yeah. We were just sort of like, oh, he came in, caused a ruckus, and left. That's what we were. Aware yeah, of. we were totally unaware that this slap happened at the time. Yeah. So he also, Conor McGregor also put in a post, put out a post today on apologising. Yeah, explaining everything, apologising. So uh, don't li literally take every every 
take every comment we put out as a, with a pinch of salt. It's more, yeah. it's more for a laugh. We're not like condoning put people. It, put it this way: people. it was the talking point of the night, and that's what yeah. we were talking about. Yeah. And when we say top of the range entertainment, we don't mean like fair play. I hope he does it for the next fight as well. No. We're, we're just like we're just like can't believe we were there for those scenes. Basically, yeah. is yeah. what I mean. Okay, I think everyone knows where we're coming from. Yeah. Like we're we're here to create entertainment yeah we're here to tell people the story of what happened yeah, yeah and like yeah. we're letting people know what happened because we were actually there firsthand and you're not hearing off people who weren't there yeah, yeah but uh, do you know what I actually said that to one of the lads there the other day and he goes well here as, as you keep getting bigger the more you're going to get like feedback and negative yeah. feedback as well but that, that was probably the first time we've ever got negative feedback yeah I, I, think, I think you get more caught up in the negative feedback than I do I think you, you sort of take it a bit more to their heart and I'm just more like it doesn't matter, man. It was carnage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very me. Yeah, very you, man. Very you. It's because yeah. it, no, it's only because you care a lot. It's only because yeah. you care. Not that I don't care, but like, <laughs> you, you take it on the chin a lot more because you care a lot. As opposed to I'm more like water off ducks back. I'm yeah. just like True, if yeah. they want to hate it, it's grand. Don't True. mind them. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You um, yeah. So I suppose are we going to talk about the event now? No, no, well, or we're gonna, gonna, we were finishing off with the Conor McGregor thing, really, wasn't it? Oh, so so basically, as far as I'm aware, it looked like McGregor wasn't allowed back because the rest of the crew arrived back and he never did yeah. now there was rumours that he got arrested and stuff like that but I never heard confirmation of that I never heard any of that but like, apparently it was for smashing up in the hotel room so that rumour is still to be seen whether it's true or false so uh, in terms of what happened should he have done it probably not well no definitely not uh, was it the most talked about point of the night yes and has he apologised since yes for me I, I don't know what the story was with the Bellator official getting slapped I don't know whether there's anything to do with that but like Apology accepted on my behalf. Well, for for the Energize crew, we're happy apologized or whatever. And then yeah, true. That's yeah. that's that's enough for me. Like you know what I mean, like as long as he doesn't think what he did was like absolutely no problem. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but the thing is as well. Bear in mind, Charlie Ward was after being released from the UFC. Yeah, Owen two, Owen two, finished in both yeah, fights. And and if you haven't seen the Conor McGregor film, Charlie Ward's in it as well, and they're like mm. really really close friends. Mm. So Conor McGregor was just obviously overwhelmed with happiness for his, one of his best friends winning that he was just going in, going in to celebrate and I put it, put it, day he thought the carnage was going to happen but that carnage happened and he came out and apologised for it so put it this way if I lost two fights around the octagon and then what's called I knocked someone out Barry would be straight over there and he'd be on top of me like there's no tomorrow yeah, you know? well, yeah but I'd, need, it is. I'd probably need a boost over the top Ah, oh, you're a bit saying it's tight than So you'll be grand. Yeah, true, yeah. Don't forget your athleticism, man. Yeah, yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> I do a front flip in. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, that was... That was sort of the... That was the Friday carnage. We'll get to the fights in a bit, but that was that's what happened Friday. Yeah. Uh, we actually like met a good few people in the arena as yeah. well who follow our stuff as well, yeah. which was uh, really cool. Oh, we met Hoist Gracie as well, which was also pretty cool. And Tony McGregor again. Again, uh, yeah, yeah. And John Kavanagh, John Kavanagh, uh, King Cowley, yeah, um, uh, James Gallagher, yeah, uh, Kiefer Crosby, yeah. We basically met like the whole SBG crew again, again, uh, yeah. bar Paddy Hoolan. M- Mike Goldberg was there, which I was like, that's actually quite funny. Um, we just keep meeting everyone. Oh, Baby Slice was there as well. Baby Slice, and, yeah. Well, we're actually waiting outside the Gibson, getting a taxi with uh, Baby Slice and AJ McKee afterwards. Yeah. And Anthony Fagan came over and said hello to us yeah. as well. Such a, like, such a, like, I don't know, things are just sort of going up mm. for us. So I don't know, it's cool. Yeah, if you're looking for an MMA Facebook page, follow, go follow MMA Central. It's actually a good one. Yeah. Um, I think, okay, sort of on Saturday then, was a big day in Ireland as well. Uh, the Irish football team are playing and the Irish rugby team are playing. Um, the rugby team played first, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ross is in work. Then. It's uh, not second half. 
Yeah, yeah. Like we're going oh, we weren't, oh, yeah, but that's why we weren't at it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's why we weren't at it. We're going to the Irish rugby game this Saturday around against Fiji. But uh, I ended up going out Saturday night for... It was actually Lloyd, Lloyd's birthday. We went out, went to town. Well, we went to Gibney's first in Malahide, which was pretty good. Absolutely packed. It was probably the most packed. It was, like, it was the biggest sport day in Ireland for the year. Yeah, it was like it was like St. Patrick's Day, part two. Uh, we ended up then going into town. Um, we went to Crystal, but, but which was absolutely crap. And I never, ever want to go there ever again. It was just terrible. And then we moved into Everly. And then it was just so much better. So much better that, like, if you're going to check out anywhere in Dublin, uh, Everly Gardens is brilliant because it stays open late as well. Uh, I also met also met uh, Connor Scullion there as well, who was uh, absolutely bang on. It's great to actually meet people who like support our stuff, follow our stuff. Like, even in Gibney's in Malahide, uh, I was talking to Andy Albert, and he was saying, lads, like, use a, like run the muck, uh, doing great. I was following all your American stuff, and then even that bar, Jack Doyle's. They're absolute legends as yeah. well, like sports no matter what. Yeah, they keep on like mentions in their comments still, yeah, yeah. and we love them, yeah. And they, then like they were sending us a picture of like three girls with the Ireland flag. Yeah, yeah it was great crack. Yeah. He, he was just like, you lads were, I don't know, we were just running muck. That's basically what we were saying. Uh, like, and honestly, myself and Ross love hearing the feedback because uh, we're doing this for like your entertainment. Yeah. And also we obviously have a laugh at it as well. Yeah. But uh, how'd you go on Saturday, yeah? Yeah, Saturday. So I watched the second half of the rugby and obviously Ireland pulled away in the second half and it was a fantastic performance. So we'll get to the rugby at the end because we'll talk about the South Africa game and then the Fiji game at the end. But uh, I watched that and then I stayed on to watch the Ireland game which was very long and boring game on Saturday, to be honest. Uh, Denmark looked like they were the better team but we sort of escaped with a nil-all draw. That was sort of my outtake on Saturday. Yeah, we what about you? Yeah, well, I'll sort of move on to that later yeah. on. It's just sort of like, uh, yeah, it's a bit like it's a bit hard to say what you did without talking about the actual yeah, game. So, yeah. like, well, well, like, true. basically, we watch the matches. So, yeah, like, watch the matches. Yeah. Make sure to watch. The oh, matches. and then I watched the fights on Saturday night as well. The UFC Norfolk. So, yeah, I, I was I was on top of the Energize fighting game on Saturday night. Yeah, was there anything else you got up to over the weekend? Uh, before we move into, so I went on a date. Went out for uh, food in Castle's restaurant in Clontarf. It was actually really good. Had a really really good time. And then I went for drinks afterwards in the yacht. Well, and man, it's actually quite funny because I used to work in the yacht in Clontarf. And like if someone asked me to make a cocktail, they'd be like, Ross, you make a cocktail. And I'd just throw something together and hand them. Yeah. But like now the cocktails all have their own fancy glass. So it's actually really improved. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Was there any, what was the main ones that we should was, look out for? There was some gin cocktail called, I don't know, Kiss Me Later. I, I could have just made that up. And then I got a pina colada as well. And they're actually really well made. And the bartender actually came over and did like a few tricks as well, which... Uh, uh, never would have happened if you asked me to do a few tricks I would have started juggling or something <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah no I had a really good day and I'm going to another one on Friday so I'm looking forward to that very another neat one, another one on Friday where are you going? Yeah, I think I'm going to the Laugh Lounge Laughter? lol <laughs> <laughs> oh. and then Monday we're waiting for Tuesday yeah which is today which was the Ireland game yeah, yeah. You see, we didn't want to actually put out the this podcast before the Ireland match because we wanted the, the stuff to go go through. Because um, like we didn't want you can't give a full analysis of like two games once if the second game hasn't been played as well. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, here we are. So yeah. what are we on to now, Barry? Um, well, I should just sort of say that like uh, before we sort of move on, I just want to bring up again what the story is with Energize and how we're getting along, right? Because over the last few weeks, we're after growing. Like significantly, yeah. I was gonna say substantially, but yeah, whatever. Tomato, tomato. But um, I just really want to thank all you who like tune in and listen and actually enjoy the content because like myself and Ross, I like, plan a lot of this. Um, 
I know like sometimes we have to put like our parents out to make sure that they like don't interrupt the studio time. Yeah. Um just all all the making sure that we post the right time. Um because like we're really enjoying this and mm. they're it's sort of coming to fruition. Now when we first set, set out on this, I didn't expect to have people like notice what we were doing. Although that's sort of inevitable, you yeah. know. What I mean, like if you throw a, if you throw a stone at a house or at a glass window, it's going to smash it. But I mean, like just what's going on more recently, more and more people are yeah, you get stopped and recognised. Yeah, yeah, there are more and more now. It's not happening. Like it's not as if like Brad Pitt or Cristiano Ronaldo is walking down uh, <laughs> like Grafton Street now. Yeah, yeah. But like it's just like the odd person has like noticed how much hard work we're putting into it, and like are like. They're, like they're they're now saying it to us rather than it used to be where like no one would really say anything which is grand as well like Jesus yeah like I was stopped by a fella called Ben Farrell at the news talk event and he was like are you energised and I was yeah. like yeah I am yeah and then I was like oh how nice to meet you and I don't know why but went, oh, I'm Ross by the way yeah. but I, I, I don't know it was, it was a bit like when you're not used to being stopped you don't know whether yeah. they're like do they know which one's which or what <laughs> Now, in fairness, the last place I want to be stopped is on the dart now, like when I'm like can't get off. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like it's uh, it's really really cool feeling, and it's it's re- it makes me feel really good that like we're putting out content that people are really really enjoying and almost looking out for as well. Yeah. And like, uh, and it's funny enough that it's not even like our first group of mates that would be even listening to our stuff, let alone knowing how well we are doing or not doing or how we could yeah. improve, because um, we're just going to keep going this way, and. I know eventually something's going to work out because we eventually want to make this our profession. Now, I don't know if that's being selfish in any sort of way, but it's obvious because if you're listening now, you therefore enjoy our content and yep. therefore want us to, to, to succeed. And like, uh, for instance, there the other day, we got a message, like people were posting on their own Instagram being like... Yeah, they're putting on their story, putting on their wall. Yeah, which is like, which is crazy because the first time we ever really met someone who was a quote-unquote fan or like really enjoyed the show were the three girls over in UFC at UC two seventeen. Yeah. Which was amazing. Like uh, like I'd never felt like that before. And now there's like more more and more people slowly coming out of the, the woodworks, would you say? Yeah. Saying, lads, love the content. Cause like we originally created this because we felt like there wasn't content like this for people like us. Yeah, no, there was no like quote unquote lad show or like there was no show that talked about like football, fighting, rugby, and there's general lad stuff. Yeah, and like that's what we do. Yeah, and even like the, you see, I'm enjoying more and more talking about more about my life as well. Yeah, but like not because like it's like yeah, I should talk about my life. It's just sort of like the stuff that's going on. Like, it gets, let's people who are listening get to actually know us. Exactly. Yeah, but I think that's why they enjoy it more. Like for instance, like I'm gonna I'm leaving my job at the end of the month. Uh, like I've stuff going on at home which is like shit, and then like I have to sort of like brush over all that because I know I have to concentrate on this because this is what's going to like make everything better yeah you know what I mean and then it's the compliments and it's the like enthusiasm of everyone else like supporting the page it growing like quite fast it's actually growing uh, like like uh, very very fast and we don't take every number for granted like uh, oh. like we don't we don't see people as numbers we see them as like that's why we follow yeah. everyone back it's, yeah because I actually always say like we have over 5,000 Instagram followers now right that, and like to me that's incredible I always turn to Barry and go imagine you put 5,000 people in a room yeah. you know what I mean like that's that's a lot yeah. I always like put that number in a room and think of how many people that is and go that's incredible you know what I mean yeah and um, I suppose we might as well announce the, the the merch giveaway now. That's the thing. That's what I was getting to. 
Yeah, um, I, I, I was teeing you up, Barry. Yeah, I was teeing you up. Put me on that that team. Yeah, so Barry had an idea during the week that like I thought was incredible. So uh, big up to Barry on this idea, yeah. and hopefully you guys really appreciate the idea. So Barry, what was it? Yeah. Uh, well, a few like about a month or two ago, we were like, when we get it up to about five thousand, we should give away five t-shirts, energized t-shirts. Yeah. Now more and more recently, people have been asking us, have we got merchandise? And like, yeah. like we don't sell any, and like, but we're gonna make five t-shirts. For people who listen to the show, and we're going to put a post out next week, a video just saying thanks a million for everyone for supporting us. And you just have to, the only way to enter is you have to write a comment saying why you enjoy the show because we're trying to get more and more feedback. Yeah. And then you just say what size top you are. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, if like, if 10 people enter, we're probably going to get make 10 t shirts. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, if 100 people enter, it's just going to be like, we're going to only have to pick five. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the amount of t-shirts I'll be giving out would depend on the amount of entry, really. Yeah. And yeah, so we're either looking for your favorite thing about the show, your favorite moment in Energize history, or just something that we do that you really enjoy. Yeah. That's why it's what we're looking for. Yeah. yeah. And we're gonna give away as many t-shirts as we physically can, really. To yeah. be honest, as well, like within reason, obviously. Yeah, because we have um, people listening in from like uh, obviously Ireland, uh, people in England as well, people in America, uh, people in Australia. Uh, like I mean, but, like we're gonna post them to wherever you are as well. Yeah. So don't feel like you're not gonna be able to get. Yeah, them. like if you're in America, you're still eligible to get them. Or yeah. if you're in Canada, or if you're in Brazil, or you're in South Korea, we'll still get them to you. Don't yeah. worry, they might take a few extra days, but they'll get there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm deadly in the post office. Yeah, Mister Post. Yeah, so uh, looking forward to it. And it's actually quite nice because people have sent us a lot of things, and we always love when people send us stuff. So it's nice to like send something back out to people as well. Yeah. And like, it's thanks to people like yourself tuning in, listening, supporting. That's making us keep going and going and going. And uh, like, we're not we're not holding up anytime soon. Put it that way. Mm, yeah. No, that's that's exactly it. Yeah. So I think does that bring us on to the fight world then? Does it? Yeah. Uh, so far, Ross Cowell, what you make of the Energizer show so far? Well, we talked about Conor McGregor madness. We talked about me meeting Pierce Michael. I sort of left a cryptic message that I went on a date, and cryptic, then we yeah. talk about. Giving away t-shirts that I'm really excited to do. So, so far, best episode ever. I'm going to say that in every episode from now on. Forever. And ever, and ever, and ever. Um, okay, so we're just going to talk about what happened over the weekend at Batman Bellator. Obviously, we described all the stuff that happened there. But um, some certain Irish fighters, um, really, really impressed and... Uh, Ross, you would just want to want to go over it, really. Um, quickly before Barry, what did you think of the way Bellator went on first before Bama? Do you think that was a bit weird? Yeah, I thought that was a bit confusing because um, obviously James Gallagher was meant to be the headline of the card of the whole entire show. Yeah. So that would have been weird if it was Bellator first, then he won or lost, and then moved on to Bama because that would have yeah. been like somewhat like of an anti climax. You know what I mean? You yeah, know, uh, definitely in my opinion, it was a, it was very strange the way, and I also thought the way the fans came to the arena. I also felt they were unaware that, that was happening. Yeah, as well. same here. Yeah, because uh, like it actually wasn't that busy for Bellator, which was actually a bit of a, a downer. For, just just in terms of like Bellator looking and then coming back, in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, look, both shows are absolutely fantastic, and there was some great talent. So I suppose we should get back down to it. Do you want to do Bama first or Bellator first? Um, I think we should sort of go through Bellator first. Uh, well, obviously, Redsers after like creating history now, working, yeah. working fighting out five different uh, major MMA companies. Yeah. And uh, he won again. Which is actually very good for himself and Team Rhino as well. Yeah, good decision win for uh, Paul Redmond. And look, 
big things come from him. And I think he could do quite well in the Bellator lightweight division as well. And also he has that ability, he's fought a featherweight as well. So he could, he could fight in whichever weight class suit him better as well. So uh, fair play to Redzer. Um, we always like to see Redzer win as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very tough individual, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was actually in a kill team for like... Four minutes. Four minutes, 50 seconds yeah. in the first round. And every, it was so funny. It was typical Irish crowd. Someone goes, Redzer, stand up and hit the ref a box. And it was just like, <laughs> like loads of people started laughing. It was actually like very Irish. Uh, also, Charlie Ward beat Johnny Jitsu. Two Irish guys fighting. Charlie Ward winning. And that's actually very yeah. good for himself. Yeah. Um, Especially after going 0 2 and chopped from the UFC. Yeah. Great win for him. Yeah. And then Kimbo Slice's son, Baby Slice, won by a rear naked choke as well. Yeah. That was actually very impressive. He was actually fighting a guy who looked actually very like him. He was also fighting uh, a black dude with dreadlocks. And it was actually a bit confusing at the start to find out who was who. But then I realised one was wearing red gloves and the other was wearing blue gloves. Yeah. He was actually he's actually way smarter than Kimbo Slice. Yeah. I actually thought he was going to be a bit of a unit, but he yeah. wasn't really. I thought he was going to I was be actually standing beside him at one stage. He's a bit wide now, he's broad, but he's not. A heavyweight, yeah, that yeah. like big shoulders, yeah. Um, also, Schnee Kavanaugh won in the very first round by TKO. Now, that like, was impressive, that was very, very quick as well. Yeah, she just sort of like got it down and then just pounded her out, didn't she? Yeah, that's that's good for our Irish women's MMA because, like, obviously, Ash Daly isn't fighting anymore. Yeah, um, like that was a very convinced win in her Bellator debut as well. Yeah, like. What what do you sort of expect from her coming like on in the future? Well, look, like I wouldn't be surprised just due to the Irish following. She's out of SPG if like they sort of fast track her to a title shot. Why not? Oh, well, hold out for like a like what where where would you fight? I know the next MMA card is obviously in Israel and she's not fighting there. But like in fairness, they can sort of wait and see out in the new year, see what Bellator line up for the new years, and then plug her in somewhere in the new year. She's really she's not going to fight before the end of uh, yeah yeah the year. No. So. Well, like, she, she, the one she was fighting was called uh, second name was Casanova and I was like oh like with a name like that like she's probably going to be impressive but like yeah she wasn't she wasn't yeah no. yeah well no. I mean like well she can't have made her look unimpressive anyway yeah and then uh, in the main event AJ McKee won in the third round against Blaine O'Driscoll no oh, sorry. no it was uh, Moore no, against Moore sorry no that was Brian Moore yeah Brian Moore Brian yeah. Moore yeah sorry uh, Brian Moore was actually winning the first two rounds yeah he actually anyway. looked very impressive yeah yeah, um, yeah. He looked, he looked like he was able to back um, AJ McKee up with his strikes. And, like, AJ McCree was well, a highly undefeated prospect coming into it. Like, yeah. him and James Gallagher had the rivalry. They were giving each other the finger before the yeah. fight and everything. Yeah. It was, uh, that was actually, pretty cool, wasn't it? It was actually, like, a, a fun interaction. And, like, for me, AJ McKee versus James Gallagher is the money fight in the Bellator featherweight division. Put it this way. Uh, Patricky Pitbull 3 was supposed to be fighting uh, Daniel Welsh at Bellator 188. In Israel, put it this way, I don't think as many people know who they are as knows who AJ McKee and James Gallagher is. Yeah. The biggest fight in Bellator featherweight division is AJ McKee versus James Gallagher, hands down. Yeah, they don't like each other. They're both young. They're both undefeated. That's the fight I want to see in Bellator featherweight. Oh, definitely, yeah. But like, where where would they have that now? Like James Gallagher is actually over in LA now working on rehab for his for his leg. Um, for me. I'd like to see it in the three arenas. Yeah, oh yeah, well obviously, but like, do you see that coming back anytime soon because of that McGregor chaos? Like, Who knows? They could do maybe do it in Boston because Boston will have a big Irish supporting for uh, James Gallagher, and that's how they sort of built McGregor as well. They put him in Boston. They're like, if we're going to test him in the American market, Boston's the best place to probably test an Irish person. I'd love to see that. Yeah. I actually would love to see that. And I think like after seeing AJ McKee, I thought like I thought he was going to be way more of a like quote unquote murderer. Yeah. But like uh, Brian Moore, like was very very good yeah put a lot of pressure on him kept cutting off the angles yeah and like you see the unfortunate thing was I, I think when it went into the third round I think Brian Moore realised that he was definitely winning 
and then I think he was like was actually thinking that, and then like took his mind off the game, and then Agent McKee like finished it off and. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, he was almost like in cruise control for round one two. He was just doing him, and it was going so well from. Yeah, and then Agent McKee, it, it, I, I don't know whether it was if more talk has got his head out of the game or Agent McKee like kicked up that extra level because McKee looked a bit more tired and he looked like a bit more fatigued. It's almost as if he didn't take him seriously, to be honest. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, and then after rounds two, one and two, he was like being shown what what was up. So uh, look, very impressive. Uh, win in the end for AJ McKee and um, yeah him versus James Gallagher is the only fight I want to see those two fight yeah same here also like I know it may sound bad to say but like AJ McKee winning and then James Gallagher like both that still undefeated that would make a better fight yeah like for selling it rather than if Brian Moore had won but then like AJ McKee is sort of non-existent in yeah, the James yeah, Gallagher realm yeah it sort of yeah. takes away the story yeah yeah but uh yeah that was the headliner of Bellator anyway but uh I really like the production and the way it was put together because last time we were there it was just Bama mm. which is good but to see the sort of the people the like Premier organisation yeah, in there as well yeah. the people like Royce Gracie like uh, even talking to like Gareth A. Davis yeah like I thought the networking we were doing there was uh, yeah it was, it was it was cool to see those people uh, and then I suppose we move on to the Bama card uh, our mate Dylan Took getting the win very impressive and um, Land a massive head kick and then finish with strikes on the ground. Uh, one of the most impressive finishes I've seen in a long time. That was a, that was my highlight of the night in yeah. terms of finishing. You, you see, the thing is, we interviewed Dylan Took about well over a year ago. Yeah, and it, was it the fight he was going into which he won? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. and then he lost his next fight. Yeah, and, and he hadn't fought in eleven months, and like he was getting so much hype around Dublin, and then from the, actually. Lose that fight. That was it when he was on his. That was the. That was actually the last time Bellator was actually in Dublin. He yeah. lost on the Bellator card, mm. and you could see that like not fighting for eleven months. He's actually gone back, and he looks so much more comfortable. And yeah. he, 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 he was on that head kick a will. Yeah, and he like he was a, like a massive fan fra- favorite there. Like yeah. everyone was getting so hyped to see him. And uh, he, he got was also fighting some nine years old. Yeah, like didn't he was only twenty one still. That's the thing. Yeah. And he looked very impressive doing it. I, I think definitely he's definitely one to watch out for. Yeah, he looks like he's a bit of a total package. He looks like he has the game, ground game, and he also has a stand up. And he's only going to get better as well. He's only going to get better, yeah. Um, also, Blaine O'Driscoll beat Dominique Wooling by knockout. No, we lost. It says here. Whoa. No, definitely lost. We're at it, man. We're at it. Do you remember? He, he was winning the first two rounds and then got knocked out in the third round. You remember he got dropped? Then why is that saying that? Sorry, well, that's wrong. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, he actually did lose. Yeah, and uh, he th- this was the guy that Conor McGregor actually wanted to come back in and watch fight. Um, Sorry, Barry, my notes must have been wrong. I must have been hoping for a win. It actually says it on on this like phone screen. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Sorry, this was uh there was so much carnage in between and watched so many fights. Like for instance, we're gonna get onto it. But UFC when like uh, was it Matt Brown like gave the elbow to Diego Sanchez? Like I mean, that's the only thing going through my brain right now. Uh, yeah, and then uh. Obviously, like the main title, the main the main title fight. Uh, Richie Coyley lost by Nibar. Richie Coyley losing by Nibar. Yeah, that was that was so actually hard. quite devastating, wasn't it? That it was. There were there. You see, the thing is, like, I think what happened was, he probably went to bed the night before, being like, oh, "I'm headlining in my own country's main arena," and like he he probably he probably got to him a bit, and then, like, the, it just felt like there was a lot a lot of pressure on him. Especially because, like, uh, in the other main event, uh, Brian Moore lost. 
that maybe there was even more pressure and pressure and then I think it just sort of got to him and he got like slightly well, you could say he got out he was getting out class and then he turned yeah. it back around and then all of a sudden out of nowhere his knee gone and then that was just the end of it really Not, it, the, the whole crowd was sort of stunned and shocked and for, for me there was disappointed a few, for me there was a few things in this fight first thing I noticed was is that uh, Richie Coyle went into the cage with two knee bra- braces on yeah. two knee pads on and he didn't have that in his last fight so I was a bit like I wonder his legs alright and he didn't actually look to be as fluid in his movement as he did prior, prior to the um, prior in his last fight and then he was fighting a fella Lahore who was 13 and 1 going into the fight so obviously he was a very experienced mixed martial artist he looked very big in the octagon and then also not only that but like as soon as he went for that knee bar I think Coyle was like oh here I'm not having my yeah. knee popped out and like it was just game over so in fairness Lahore looked really really good um, I'd be excited to see him fighting Bellator UFC going forward and Richie Coyley, he can you know he can hold his head up. He didn't embarrass himself and put it on a good showing. But I think it was just one of those occasions where the better man won. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. He looked. That's he looked the way it is. Yeah, he just he looked like he was on a different level. Yeah. Also, I want to bring that back. Blaine O'Driscoll, Dominique Wooling, who was actually known as the Black Panther, who was only twenty one as yeah. well. Yeah, we, we were actually saying whoever wins is going to be one of the bigger stars growing up. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. But we thought the best win, best performance was the Black Panther. Yeah. Who beat Blaine O'Driscoll? But yeah, the most, yeah, but the most, de- like the most I think impressive like, win was Dylan Tuke. Yeah, because uh, Blaine O'Driscoll actually had the second round had um, Dominique up against the cage, and he was just absolutely pounding him, wasn't he? Yeah. And then third round, uh, Dominique came out and just took him out, and it was very impressive. And like it was quite a nasty knockout as well. So I think for me, I would agree with you, Barry. Dylan Tuke, most impressive performance. Best fight was uh, Blaine O'Driscoll and Dominique, and it was it was the best win. Overall, what, yeah. Overall, what you make of the event itself? Um, personally, I would rather see Bama go first and then yeah. Bellator second. That would be my uh, personal preference. And then also, I think the whatever way the Bama card worked out, like there was Andy Young fought uh, the Spanish fella for the flyweight title. Yeah. Uh, Barres Barres won. Well, it, it was just. It wasn't so much of a fan fight. I feel like they could have put that on the next Bama yeah. uh, over like in England. It was sort of like um, it felt like a fitter fight, and it was for a title. Yeah, if that makes sense. And they kept stopping and starting as well. Yeah. and I think the crowd sort of were, because there was kicks in the groin yeah. and stuff, and it was yeah. just like the crowd were just sort of fed up with it. Really. Yeah. <clears throat> More than that, great night of Bama, great night of Bellator. It was. I, I can't wait for the next one. Really, that's about that's about all I can say about. It. I can't wait till they book the next Dublin date. Yeah. When would you, if you were to predict when that would be? When Probably would March, I'd say maybe. All right, March or February. Uh, so that was Friday night. On Saturday night, UFC Norfolk was on. Uh, I know most of you actually probably know the results, so we're just going to go over some quick ones here. Yeah. Uh, the return of Super Sage Norcutt in the light, lightweight division. Uh, I just want to say Sage is undefeated since I have his glove. Just saying. So did he actually fight with one glove then? No, <laughs> no. Look, he won easy, thirty twenty-seven, and yeah, his most impressive stage I've seen in a long time. And I look back, it looks like he, moving team alpha male really helped him. Yeah, yeah. And like, how young is he? If you think yeah. about it as well. Um, also, in the bantamweight division, we're actually quite surprised. John Dodson lost to Marlon Moraes. Yeah, Marlon Moraes, uh, former World Series of Fighting bantamweight champion, actually looked quite good. Sort of got the better of the exchanges. Uh, it was very good back and forth. One of the judges even scored a 30-27 for Dodson. So, as you can imagine, it was quite competitive. And no one really puts a beat down on Dimitri, or sorry, on uh, John Dodson. So, it was a close fight. Fair play to Mar- Marlon Marais. Um, be interesting to see who fights next. Yeah. 
then in the lightweight division, Clay Guida beat Joe Lozon. Um, I was actually surprised at this as well because I thought Clay Guida was sort of like finished. But now Joe Lozon's on like bit of a bad run now. Yeah, Joe Lozon's one of those fighters. If he doesn't actually get the job done the first round, it's actually very rare he wins. And um, Guida caught him with a right overhand behind the ear, and then fin followed up with a right uppercut. And just once he hit him with that. It was it was lights out and Clay Guida, I think it was his first fight in the last two years, moved back up to lightweight and got a win. He's actually out of contract now, so he's asking for a new contract. So fair play to Clay Guida, hope he gets paid. Yeah, he probably will. Um also Rafael Asuncio beat Matthew Lopez by a knockout, which was actually like such a slick finish, but can you tell me why this was actually at a catch weight? Yeah, Matthew Lopez missed weight and you know what? It reminded me he had a look of a Kelvin Gaston about him. You know what I mean? Just when you see someone fight at a weight class and it just looks like they have no discipline. That's what it looked like. And you can't go into a fight with Rafael Asunza with no discipline. I think Asunza's only losses in the UFC are to uh, Dominic Cruz, maybe, and TJ Dillashaw. And he also has a win over TJ Dillashaw. So he's number four ranked at Bantamweight. And if you come in unprepared against him, he's going to make you pay. And that's what he did. Yeah. Uh, in the middleweight division, Cesar Ferrer defeated Nate Marquardt. Ross Cowell. Mutante. Nate, <laughs> Nate Marquardt. Is he, is he brown bread? I think I would feel like well, like really. See, if he hung up his gloves five fights ago, I wouldn't have blinked. You know what I mean? Um, look, he didn't get knocked out, which I always think is is nice. But uh, <laughs> it's look, nice on the guy. Yeah, yeah I, I'm just like, who who are they gonna have him fight? Really, to be honest, there's there's no I've no interest. Maybe if you want to do name marker first, Rashad Evans, I'd watch that, and then loser has to retire. Even though like they're yeah. good training partners, uh, they were training partners before, and they're good friends. But really, see, like there are two fighters who I'm, I'm watching. I'm sort of like. Praying that they don't get hurt too badly. That's what I watch when I watch yeah. Nate Marquardt. I'm like, hope doesn't get hurt too badly. You're a nice guy, man. Yeah, but like this, this fight was like the retirement card special, with featuring Sage Norco. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of what we thought it was going to be a retirement party, was uh, in the heavyweight division, Andre Arlovski defeated Junior Albini by a decision. Um, I, I actually have to say, I've got to tell you, I made money on this fight. I bet on the last three fights, I got them all <coughs> right. Did you? Yeah, and I actually watched Arlovski come out, and I was like, he's actually got it together. I know he's got a bad chin, but Arlovski's skills are actually quite high. Former uh, former heavyweight champion. I uh, remember like 16 years ago I, or something. And you know what I watched? I watched Albini and he had to cut weight to make the one, uh, 265. Oh, yeah? and he looked like a bit out of shape. And I thought it was too early for him to fight a veteran like Arlovski. Arlovski really touched him up, landed some really good boxing combos on him. Like really busted up his face. And for me, Arlovski looked great. He's also moved to ATT. He's moved to American Top Team. and He's been coached under... Uh, Mike Brown now, so he actually looked great. So fair play to Arlovski. Where, where can you see Arlovski going next? Really, see not much further. Like Arlovski should be used as that guy to fight these up and coming heavyweights. And if you can beat Arlovski, maybe you have a chance of fighting the upper echelon guys. If you can't, well then no. I'd like to see him fight Curtis Blades next. Bladesy. Yeah. Uh, also in the welterweight division, Matt Brown defeated Diego Sanchez by a knockout with elbow. A uh, elbow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was absolutely devastating. This is reminding me of. OSP versus Corey Anderson and the way he like knocked out. him. Yeah, yes. But the thing is, if you look back at this at this uh, knockout, um, Matt Brown actually got caught him in the back of the head. Not only that, but at the time UFC were showing a press conference table at the time of the knockout. So basically, I was sitting up there watching it, watching Diego Sanchez versus Matt Brown, waiting for this absolute war. Diego Sanchez tries to kick Matt Brown, catches it. He drives him into the fence. Next thing you know. I'm sitting here looking at a UFC press conference <laughs> table and then it cuts back to the Galaxy gone. 
and Diego Sanchez is dead on the ground. It was as if a sniper took him out. It was absolutely carnage. I was like, someone's definitely getting fired. And like, the commentators had to like, say what happened. They had to be like, oh, there was an elbow. You probably, probably didn't see it. Uh, but I actually saw the elbow. And for me, it was actually quite a similar strike as to when Conor McGregor actually hit Dustin Poirier. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. sort of hit him towards the side, back of the head. It wasn't so much direct. Yeah, it wasn't pinpointed back of the head. Yeah. Edge, yeah, yeah. And you know what? It was the way Diego Sanchez tried to duck out of it. So like, there was, Matt Brown didn't like aim for the back of the head. Yeah. That's just where the elbow struck. And in fairness, the elbow was thrown with so much force and so yeah. fast yeah. that there's no way the ref could have went. Or oh, maybe that was back of the head. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was just lights out. And look, he won the fight. For people trying to call controversy and say he didn't win it, like just. It was what it was. Matt Brown won, and that's it. Yeah. No, I wasn't trying to cause controversy. No, I'm not saying you were. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you yeah. were saying what was being said. Yeah, but yeah. like, I feel like people were like really stirring the pot, trying to get that out there. People love stirring the pot, don't they? Yeah, they just, do, like, yeah. just for something to do for the crack. Uh, also, in the lightweight division, Dustin Poirier defeated Anthony Pettis. Uh, I don't think you can really call him Showtime anymore. Really. No. Although he did one slick kick in the fight, but yeah. it was just sort of like you can see. He, does he even want it anymore? I just looked at it and Poirier I think went for five takedown attempts and he got four of them and like Pettis is all like oh is he still wrestling and I'm really good at wrestling and then I just look at him and like he said he like had a rib popped and he was in a body triangle and he sort of tapped out and it was as if he was looking for a way out to be honest uh, Pettis didn't look very good there was some really slick reversals the whole way throughout the fight it was a really yeah. good fight for the first two rounds yeah. and then when it went to the third round I was uh, I, I, I was just see Poirier was gaining momentum and Pettis was trying to almost like encourage himself to keep going. That's the way I looked at it. It did look it. like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah it did look so, like that. So, yeah. uh, look, Poirier looks like a killer at 155 now. I'm um, really interested in see what where he can go with this. But Anthony Pettis, to be honest, I feel like he could be like Clay Quay, or no, he's already lost Clay. I feel like he could be the Joe Lozon, he could be the Jim Miller like he has done before. He could be those guys, but who is he actually really like? He's not top five anymore. I know, he's not yeah. top ten. I know, but so, what's, he, what's he meant to do? Just roll down the card? I don't really know what he's meant to do. And he's and we were even discussing it watching the... It wasn't embedded, but whatever the build-up show it is. Yeah. There's about ten different names for all of them. Countdown. Countdown, yeah. yeah. And he was there like getting his photos with his brother. And he was like, oh, it's cool. And I'm, I'm a celebrity. Yeah. And then Justin Poirier was just like in the gym the whole time. Yeah. So like, you, yeah, just have to question, it, yeah. you have to score a question's heart. And then like, someone even was like, oh... Post Usada, Anthony Pettis isn't so good as well, you know what I mean? And like people threw that out there, so who knows what the story is, Anthony Pettis, but it just does doesn't not look good for him. Yeah, it just doesn't look hungry anymore. Uh, mm. If you're going to pick a fight for both of these. Fight next? Yeah. Well, Poirier called the shot. He wants to fight the winner of uh, Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gaethje. And I'd love to see that. Yeah. And then Anthony Pettis. Joe Rosen. Like, I mean, that's. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, who else? Yeah, I don't believe you. Oh, I don't know. He sort of just really put himself like in no man's land, really. Like, like, like he might get ranked outside the top fifteen. Yeah, which is like scary. Then what? Because like, he's already dropped down to f- featherweight. Yeah, and he can't make the cut there. Gee, he's have to make it a positive. He, yeah. He's because he you cares more about being famous rather than we, actually. We, we were actually watching the what was it called the countdown. Yeah, and we all, all, I sort of turned to you and go, "He looks a bit heavy," and you were like, "Yeah, he does actually." And like, he just looks like he's not committed. Not, yeah, he doesn't. It doesn't seem like it's the heart anymore. Yeah, it's almost like I've I've had the picture with the belt. Yeah, I've had I've been on the front of the Wheaties box. Yeah, I feel like they they can't not show him on the front of the Wheaties box every single time. Yeah, they I'm have like, to. Yeah, they yeah, have but, to. I'm just like I don't care. I, I don't eat Wheaties. I don't yeah, know no, what they are. What over are they? Are they like shredded wheat or something? No, I think they're like 
something like Golden Grahams. The Snowstars Cheerios, I think. Oh, they start Cheerios, are they? Yeah, something like that. But like, really, so you give the rats. <laughs> Who gives the rats? Uh, okay, so what, what you make of the UFC Norfolk card anyway? Um, Bar winning big cash. Look, for my... Oh yeah, I, I actually had Poirier by uh, stoppage. I had Matt Brown by round one or two. And I had Andre Arlovsky. So I had a treble and a one, which was great. One six euro, so yay me. Um, yay. Yeah, what's I make the card? Um, it was really like a nostalgia card. Like, if you look at it, like, Diego Sanchez, Matt Brown, Clay Guida, Joe Lozon, Andre Arlovsky, like... Even Anthony Pettis at this time, they all have like at least 15 UFC fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was a real veterans card. Yeah. So, like, what more can I say about it? Um, it was enjoyable because, like, there was a lot more name recognition on the card. And, like, I was sort of interested on the fights. But not many of the fights actually meant too much, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Um, well, then, UFC returns to Australia this weekend. And an absolutely dreadful card. Yeah. UFC Sydney. Um, originally... Was it Marcin Taburo's meant to fight? Um, Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt, but as you may have heard or may not have heard, Mark Hunt said in an interview that sometimes he gets headaches and stuff from fighting. And then and he obviously, like slurs his words and can't remember. Yeah, so the UFC had to pull him from the card, which makes sense because in yeah. fairness, like, you can't yeah. be putting people in with, the, with that sort of damage going yeah. on. Yeah, and like he's freaking, he's saying it's over UFC lawsuit. But we'll, here, look, if you want to look at that, just look up Mark Hunt UFC lawsuit and you'll know all about it. It's too long to get into and it's too not fun to talk yeah. about. They didn't really pack the card now for Australia, unfortunately, but um, there's some certain fights you have to look out for. It. And the lightweight division, Will Brooks is fighting Nick Lentz. Um, yeah, Will Brooks lost the last two fights, so he, he really needs to get on track. But he's still 19-3, and three, so he's got a very good record. Former Bellator champion. Ill Will Brooks needs to get on track. Yeah, and uh, then on the main card, in the middleweight division, Elias Theodoro versus Dan Kelly. Dabod. Yeah, so what's it? It's the Spartan versus the Dabod. Yeah. Uh, absolute fashion model versus uh, Dabot. For me, Theodore, who's <laughs> like movement's too good and he's just going to kick him and he's going to win the fight. That's yeah. my opinion. The both, actually, Theodore was coming off, is coming off a loss. To Tavares. Yeah, and then Dan Kelly's coming off a loss as well. Yeah. And he was on what, a five or six fight win streak? Yeah. yeah. Who knocked him out in the last fight again? Oh, I can't actually remember. I remember he beat Rashad Evans and I was like, I was yeah. like put your house on Rashad Evans. Yeah, th- no, was it like, was it like Whitaker? Like, just absolutely like. No, definitely. Oh, oh, Brunson. I think it was Derek Brunson. Probably was, yeah. yeah. yeah like, absolutely crucified him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, in the welterweight division, Tim Means is taking on Bilal Mohammed, a.k.a. Ross's brother, Chris Caldwell. Yeah, uh, Dirty Bird versus uh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for uh, Tim Means to win this one. Uh, oh, no, there's someone out like Bilal Mohammed who just really does not impress me. Yeah, it's got nothing to do with the fact he looks like Chris. Yeah, he just wins and loses, wins and loses. Yeah, like, yeah and then uh, in the. Main event of the evening. evening in the heavyweight division, the big dogs. Uh, Fabricio Verdum is taking on Marcin Tabora. Um, to be honest, I just think Fabricio Verdum is going to win this. Um, no, I just think Verdum is better and it's like much better as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no. <laughs> I like Tabora. He won his last fight against Andre Orlovsky by decision, and I just feel like Verdum would take out Orlovsky, so I just feel like. For Doom. For Doom, probably going to get him on the ground just to meet him, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he took Walt Harris out in 62 yeah, seconds. Yeah, but you, yeah that's, why, that's why he's in this fight. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah, like, for VC for Doom, this he fought, like, what, a month or two ago? Yeah, for 60 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing is, you're writing off Marcin Tabura, but, you, like, you were saying, Arlovsky's back. He beat him. Oh, no, yeah, but, yeah, but like, I feel like if, if you're, if you're going to beat Arlovsky, you have to finish him. You know what I mean? I'm on a job. I'm on a job. Yeah, but, obviously, uh, for Doom. Yeah, for Doom. Uh, for Doom is uh, definitely the man in this one. For Doom. All right, mate. For Doom. We are watching Anderson Silva failing a drug test. He's out. 
Um, who's he meant to fight again? He's fighting Kelvin Gaston. Yeah. Anderson Silva is just too old now, isn't he? Like just yeah, he's like 40. I'm, I'm actually like surprised he's not taking drugs to be said on it. To be honest, I was like, how do you keep going if you're not? Yeah, but like, having to go to, where is it, UC Shanghai or Beijing? Yeah, Shanghai. Shanghai. Yeah. Like, maybe he was like, I don't want to go there, give us all the drugs. Yeah, I'm not too surprised. <laughs> but now, Michael, the Count Bisping is straight back in. Yeah, um, Michael, Bisping, Michael Bisping now headlined the card against Kelvin Gastelum. Um, I'm, I'm not I'm not sort of surprised I feel like he was hungry to get back in for another one yeah. but I don't think it's a good fight to take on short notice to be honest Kelvin Gastelum is a pretty decent competitor uh, really see what we're going to do with chatting this next week but Anderson Silva is on the drugs again <laughs> that is the headline for that and you know what again. He's, he's after tarnishing his legacy as well now isn't he like, he's yeah. just like just like Anderson Silva drug taker now. Yeah. Well like GSP I think is definitely overtaken now after yeah. coming back after four years. And win the belt of Wolf. Michael BSB. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a very good impression. Uh, also Bellator Israel is on Thursday. Yeah and as I said earlier Patrick Patricky Pitbull who's the featherweight champion is actually injured and he will not be fighting Dino Weichel for the featherweight title and now Nohad Lahat is fighting insert name here at Bellator 188 is it yeah and look I don't mean to be rude we really like Bellator but I actually know no one fighting on this card it's such yeah. a it's such a like unnecessary card for them to have yeah. they, lack like, a, they lack a lot of superstars and also like the Irish ones that, that they put on their cards are all fighting they're always fighting Dublin so yeah. I feel like Bellator needs to like not call the show Bellator 188 it needs to be called like Bellator Israel and yeah. just be like separate product yeah, like a fight night yeah yeah basically they need to come up with their own version of a fight night yeah. and then like start naming the good Bellators Bellator oh and then in Bellator terms the Bellator heavyweight tournament was announced Barry uh, what the 8 man tournament yeah so you have Fedor Frank Mir Matt Mitrione Roy Nelson Chael Sonnen King Mohamed Lawal did I say Chael Sonnen yeah Ryan Bader Rampage and Rampage there we go. There's our eight people. Who's your pick for the tournament? Who are they again? Matt Mitrione, Roy Nelson, Fedor Milinenko, Frank Mir, Rampage Jackson, King Mo, Ryan Bader, and Chael Sonnen. Uh, who said Ryan Bader the other day? Ryan Bader said Ryan Bader. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it like Fedor just came in and knocked them all out and be grand. Like, like yeah. bowling. Just yeah. like got rid of them all. What way is, what way is the tournament going to work? It's going to be a heavyweight format they're going to go into quarterfinals, semi-finals, and the final. Do you going to be held? No, I'd say it's going to be over a case of... I'd say they're going to put four fights on one and then four fights on the other, I'd say. Oh, I thought that was going to be like one two. night of like everything. A one-night tournament. Yeah. All right, let's put it for example. If it is a one-night tournament, who do you think is going to win it? Um, and then you, you can say who you think will win it over a space-day tournament. Because I actually don't know what way they're going to run it. I feel like it's going to be more of a wrestler who will win this because they'll be like, right, I have to make it through like three rounds. So they yeah. take people down the ground and get ma- don't get maximum damage. So, um, For me, there's two favourites. Right, give us the two favourites there. Mid- For me, it's Mitrione or King Mo. Because King Mo's done tournament f- format and he's won it. And then I think Matt Mitrione is like the most mobile of the heavyweights that like you can sort of not be tired yeah. after knocking people out. You can knock people out fast. He's almost like too big. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go for Matt Mitrione. So you can't pick him. Who will you pick? I'll have King Mo Lawal because I've seen him win tournaments before and he's fought a headweight before. So I'm going to go for King Mo. Also, how, how brilliant was it? Remember when Matt Mitrione and Fedor hit each other and like both yeah. knocked each other out? That was, that was loose as anything. Yeah. Uh, also on Friday, there's boxing going on up in Belfast. Carl Frampton's taking on Gutierrez. Yeah. Uh, also, Paddy Barnes is fighting and Jamie Conlon are fighting as well. And we're sporting all of them. 
flying the flag. And also it was announced today that Katie Taylor is fighting for her world title on December 13th in London. So, uh, very, what day is it on? It's on a Wednesday actually as well. Terrible idea. It is a terrible idea. Terrible idea, but YOLO. That's what concludes the fighting world yeah. segment to the show. We're about to move on to the football part, but Ross Cowell, anything else to say about the world of fighting? Anything else to add in? No, uh, great week for fighting. Really excited um, about the fights that happened during the week. Really excited for the boxing coming up this weekend. Not so excited for the UFC, but good night, good fight. Key. And your best mate, you're still best mates with uh, Bruce Buffer. Yeah, yeah, best mates with Bruce Buffer. I'm Mike Goldberg. I'm Mike Goldberg. Um, okay, so. If you're only sticking around for the MMA world, thank you very much. But right now we're going to move into the world of football and discuss the Irish men's football team that failed to qualify for the World Cup today. Key. So, so we're not going to Russia. We heard the Guinness Air shite. And really, see, I wasn't actually looking forward to going to Russia anyway. <laughs> that was the thing, right? Yeah. Before we go, like, okay, obviously we're still actually wearing... Our full Ireland, uh, uh, Ireland kits, Ireland socks kit. and all, <laughs> goalkeeper gloves and everything. But um, obviously, there's no point in really breaking down the match on Saturday, and we can look into everything that happened today and how we can improve or what should have been done differently. But um, overall, the end result is we've lost five one at home, and now we're not going to the World Cup. Um, during the game, the, after we scored the first goal, we were like, we're booking the tickets to Russia, and then. It seemed like after the tour goal went in, we just were not going to Russia. That was it. Yeah, it was. It was. It was game over. Everyone, like half team, giving up. Some people are still sort of fighting to keep their humility. One might even say. But uh, look, it was. It was just not a good performance. To be honest, we conceded too many easy goals. As I would describe them. And like bear in mind, even in the first game, we conceded like a lot of chances and barely yeah. had any chances itself. And. When you let a team like that like miss sitters, they were missing sitters yeah. in the first game, and then in the second game they put in all the goals. Especially someone like Christian Eriksen, yeah. who's uh, in first, his finishes were incredible. Yeah, they were buried. Yeah, they were buried even and on like, the ball foot. Yeah, like Randolph Ferris to him didn't actually have much of a chance with them. No. Ferris, Christian Eriksen scored. That was probably one of the best hat tricks I've ever seen in terms of finishing. And then see the Penno as well, and then like an own goal. You know, you know, it's a bad it's night just, when Bentner scores the, the fifth. Yeah, but like the thing is. Right, like, okay, unfortunately myself and Ross didn't get tickets for the game. We tried our hardest, and we even applied yeah. through the FAI to get media passes as well for this game and the game in Copenhagen, and yeah. they're, they're like, no! So, uh, <laughs> right, um, watching tonight, the atmosphere and the build-up for the whole entire game was actually unbelievable. Like, the stadium was rocking. Yeah. And I mean, like, this was like, you could see every fan that was there wanted to be there. They weren't like, because they got a free ticket, they went for the crack. They were literally there for, like, Everyone was waving their hands in the air like they just didn't care. Um, then, like even the national anthem, the way everyone like the whole stadium, like I've never like Denmark looked afraid, yeah, like yeah. kicking it off. And then like uh, we knew that we had to win no matter what. Denmark knew that they all they had to do was draw. Um, then scoring that goal, like the whole stadium erupted, right? And then like. It was almost our biggest fear, wasn't it? Scoring an early goal. That's the thing. Like it, it's it's almost almost reminiscent of when we were playing France in the Euros. Remember Robbie Brady scored a penalty, yeah. and then everyone was like, "Oh shit!" Like we're used to just scoring near the end. Like, yeah. and what are we meant to do now? Defend the whole game, and then after we scored, 
we didn't even make like make any passes really. We just like kept like booting the ball yeah, in the air. It, it was as if it was the eighty fifth minute already. Yeah, and we were we were hoofing yeah. the ball. And there's no way we were going to be able to keep it up. Evidently, no. we weren't able to keep yeah. it up. But there was no way we could have just got the ball and booted as far as we could. Like, yeah. So then it got to whatever the twenty sixth minute. Ward had the ball on the left, and for the first time I've ever seen Steve Ward, he was like, "I'm gonna try and beat someone." No, no, no. Remember, like we almost had like we had a really good chance as well. McLean, oh yeah, McLean two. had a good chance to make yeah. it too. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't even gonna bring that up yeah. because I was like, I know it yeah. happened. Yeah, but then like the second there, that was that was yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. In fairness, McLean did have a good chance to make it too, but it, it wasn't such a good chance that it was like it was his fault that he didn't score second. No, no. It was no. one of those chances where if he scored it, it would have been unreal. Yeah. But he didn't. But like it wasn't, it wasn't an open goal by any means. So, uh, and look, you, you can never really fault James McLean. He was a top goal scorer throughout the competition as well. Yeah. So, Ward had the ball on the left, tried to beat Poulsen, lost the ball, and next thing you know, two one, two one. It was just uh, a yeah. Especially uh, after after Sawyer's Christie scoring the own goal, yeah, and then that to go in, and like that, like like that that Erickson goal was so. The second that left his foot, that was just straight mm. in. 2-1 and then the whole three, two goals in three minutes yeah it, it, it's, it's actually devastating to relive to be honest yeah um, <laughs> and you know what <coughs> one of the commentators in RT like mentioned Christensen when they went up for the header and they were like Christensen's up for this header and then he went up head the ball hit the post Christy knocks it in then we give away okay. a soft okay. second oh, kicked it kicked right. off the post yeah but, yeah. Then, yeah, but here, look, before, like, okay going in going in a half time right um, two one down. Like, what? What do you think we should have done? Me personally, I would have taken off Stephen Ward, right? Like, I, I don't like pick Stephen Ward out and be like it's all his fault, right? But when they <laughs> when they scored that second goal, which was, by the way one of the best finishes I've ever seen from Christian Eriksen, yeah. he actually buried that in. Uh, I was just like, his confidence is gonna be shot for the rest of the game. Yeah. I would take him off. I would have Brady play left back, McLean play left mid. And I would have brought on Wes Hulham. That's what I would have started off with. Uh, add a bit of creativity in there. Um, to be honest, I wasn't keen on taking off David Myler. I, th- I think he's someone who tries very hard for the team. And I feel like we missed that. Harry Archer, I think, was a bit lost in the first half. I didn't really see him do anything of note. And then bringing on Shane Long when you're, what, 3 or 4 1 down, it's almost irrelevant, isn't it? It was, it was almost pointless. What, what would you have done? Um, in fairness our team's not that good we don't have that's this wealth the thing. of talent yeah, yeah like when you bear in mind right when you're losing probably your best player Seamus Coleman who's out uh, well, like another sort of leader in the side Walters being mm. out like that. okay the Irish team, the Irish may feel look fairly solid but if you look at that back line like yes Karen Clark and Shane Duffy both play in the Premier League but like they both play for they, they both only have to come into the Premier League mm. then like well, then you can say the same about uh, uh, left back uh, Ward. Yeah, Ward. Like he doesn't even play really for Burnley. Burnley. Yeah. And like, nor is he amazing. But like he, do you know, what? he he used to play as a striker, and he's only like turned into a left back over the last few years. Like he wasn't like a bread and butter left back. And then Cyrus Christie probably had the best game that I've seen him play in an Ireland shirt. Yeah. But uh, I I couldn't believe I actually said to you I go I can't believe I'm saying to you. Give the ball to Christie on the right hand side. Yeah, he seemed to almost like thrive. Yeah, in this game, although we did lose five one. Yeah, but um, <laughs> you see, our defense isn't isn't world class, and our midfield was sort of making up for what we didn't have, what we lack up front as well, which is another championship striker up front, and then Shane Long, who can uh, has even scored this year, maybe one. Uh, uh, I'm more so leaning side that he hasn't scored. Yeah, yeah, you know I mean, and it's. Uh, 
It shows. But, yeah, when you, yeah, and then when you have players that you can only bring on, for instance, like banking on Wes Hoolan, who's 34, 34, he's only about 5'4", 5'5", 5'6", max, uh, plays in the championship, like is never really loved by any Irish manager, so no. it's hard to be like, get in there and win us the game when you never even start him, really. And then uh, who else? Bring on Aidan McGinney, who's playing for Sunderland now, who are at the bottom of the championship as well. And then what? Well, Shane Long coming on as well, who hasn't probably hasn't scored all year. Yeah, like, and then like Hendricks and Brady Ross play centre midfield together as well, and like they don't really do that either. So it seems to be we're a bit tactically all over the top. I think when we went behind, we didn't really know what to yeah. do. It sort of reminded me of when we played Serbia at home as well, yeah. that we just had players everywhere, but no one was really anywhere. Mm. You know what I mean, in fairness, right? I think there's no point dwelling on it. There's no point looking so negative on it. We might as well. Be like, what do you think are the positive outlooks that we can look forward to going towards the Euros? Um, it's a bit of a hard question to ask after losing five one. Yeah, but yeah, but the, like the thing is, the last brought up in RT after the show, we don't actually have much uh, youth coming through. Our youngest player, we I think we only have one player under the age of twenty five, which is actually like not a good sign at all. Is that doubt is it? Yeah, it must be. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I mean, we seem sort of sufficient in goals. Like I mean, Randolph had a good game. I think here in Westwood's good. Um, even Elliot, who like had to go home because of a family problem, but uh, our defense, it's like I think Shane Duffy. It's good to see someone like Shane Duffy on the side. Like he's like he's a bit of a leader, I think, and yeah. he'll grow into more of like a Richie Dunn role, which is good. Um, like Seamus Coleman, when he comes back, will also be a good addition. I think we need to improve on the left back. Maybe you see the thing is like if you look at it now, Robbie Brady hasn't actually scored that many goals since scoring the two um, in the Euros. That. Maybe we should stick him on left back because yeah. he likes to get stuck in and he's better than Wardy at left back. So yeah. we may as well put him there. And him and McLean could do serious damage down the left wing because mm. we tend to play a 4 4 4 2 with one playing off the other really up front. Yeah. What we're really lacking is a striker. So, like, because mm. I, I feel like Hendrick, Jeff Hendrick will, will like grow into his own midfield in centre mid. Like, he'll, he'll eventually be one of the mainstays. Mm. Um, I'd Chicken, him and O'Dowd could be a partnership going forward. I don't really know. I don't really know because. Like, they're almost a bit like they both like to get forward and have a shot yeah you see Ireland are sort of like the weird way they play they sort of play it long where excuse the point but like like most teams will probably have three in midfield so if we have two against the three we probably get overplayed you see it all comes down to what way Ireland are going to play football but like the schoolboy football was always pump it long sort of thing like mm. even back to the North Queen days whereas we should probably like the question is can we play passing football yeah Against the big teams, and I don't think, I don't think we can because we like the the development of the younger teams don't actually have those players, don't actually have the coaches, and they're not professional. Yeah, we also don't. We also don't have like electric pace within the side either. Like no one on the team screams pace either. Like there are some players who you consider faster, but we don't have like there's no Leroy Sané running up the wing. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Uh, for me personally. What I take away from this qualifying campaign was is when the group was originally drawn, I personally thought we were the fourth favourites to win the group. Okay? Yeah. Uh, like Wales had Bale and Ramsey, they're like a superior outfit. Austria had uh, Alaba and Serbia have Matic and they've Tadic and they have Mitrovic. In my opinion, that all all three of those teams have better players than we did. Yeah. Uh, we ended up nearly winning the group, we finished second to Serbia, then we went we went to Copenhagen, they couldn't score against us. And it was a bit reminiscent of me when we qualified for the Euros, uh, not this this one, the one prior to that, uh, not the one in France, the one prior to that, where we got hammered by Italy, Croatia, and oh, Spain. That was it, terrible. It, 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 was, it was as if, 
we were riding our luck and then we were eventually found out. That's <laughs> the way I look at what, the way it went down for us. And at the end, at the end of the day, look, we lost to the better team. They had a world-class player in Christian Eriksen. Yeah. It showed that he was the best player on the pitch. I actually sort of said to Barry, go, he didn't really do much by Barry score the hat-trick. You know what I mean? But like, that's what the world-class players do. They score the big goals. One of the best hat-tricks I've ever seen. And for me going forward, you, I, th I think we need to, like, anyone over the age of 34 should just be told, like, you can retire because you're not going to get picked. Because we need yeah. to... Yeah, but look the way they, they have Robbie Keane still playing for Ireland yeah. he's, what, 36? Yeah, yeah but I, I feel like they just need to be like, here, look, if we're going to develop as a country and become better, we can't be like getting every last minute out of each player. Like, yeah, but, we yeah, have but, to get the younger players the minutes sooner. Do you know what we need to do? We need to start investing into the youth mm. development. And I'm like, where's all this money going to? You know what I mean? We're out of the recession. Mm. Um, why not put more money into these youth teams? Uh, why not have more Irish underage youth academies? Like, there's more Irish coaches coming through. Yeah. Why not even bring over a few people from England? Like, I mean, we have a good few English yeah. players in the squad. Why or, like, even, like, come up with some sort of system, some sort of feeder system, like, to get players over to England as well. Well, that's where yeah, it all I mean. comes down to. I mean, like, knowing that only one player under the age of 25, that's, like, that's a red light right there. Yeah, no, 100%. It's, like... Even if you look at the English team, like they were, like they had a friendly tonight, and they had like Joe Gomez playing starting. You know what I mean? And then you see a young player like that, who like starts for Liverpool and starts for England. I'm just looking at our players, and it's like they're like they're all such like relegation battle Premier League yeah, yeah, or yeah. Championship players. Yeah, and I'm yeah. just like, like Christian Eriksen is now going back to Spurs, yeah, going to challenge for the league. Well, maybe mm. uh, going to the World Cup, yeah. and playing in the Champions League. Yeah, like look at the other players that I just named earlier. You have the manager man that starts for Manchester United. You have David Alaba who plays for Bayern Munich one Champions League. You have Gareth Bale who's won multiple Champions League for Real Madrid. You have Christian Eriksen who's playing for Tottenham Hotspur and one of their best players. You know what I mean? Yeah. You look at us and you go, we have Seamus Coleman who's our captain who's injured and like he plays for everyone who haven't won anything They're actually ever. terrible this year. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah, because yeah. he hasn't played though. Yeah, but like, I'm, I'm just looking at like, our best player is a right back who's injured. And like you look at like all their best players, and they all start for like the best teams in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like we're actually competing with them, which actually yeah, says we, a lot for us. I can't believe we even do it because I yeah. guarantee, if it wasn't for that Irish crest and that yeah. Irish pride, like, like bearing in mind, like I mean, sorry if you come from a different country, yeah. it just like it's a different. There's just something in the, the fighting Irish exists. Yeah, it's just there's something in the Irish water that yeah. just makes you want to do it for your country, especially James McLean. Actually, yeah. like I mean, like that interview he gave straight yeah. after the match was like. So heart wrenching, like yeah. you're just like I felt so bad for him. Like he put in like such a shift today. Yes, it doesn't work every day, mm. and yes, it was a one occasion. I think the Irish it got to the Irish team. Like we almost like had them too. Like like I think the majority of people actually thought Ireland were definitely going to win that and yeah. didn't expect a loss. And yeah. once they went one nil up, like me and you looked at each other and we were like, "Are we actually going to defend for the next eighty five yeah. minutes?" Because yeah. that's what Ireland are probably best at. And well, and it turned out that they can't do in it. Apparently, we conceded more goals. At home tonight than we did in the rest of the qualifying campaign all put together. Um, look, it was a bad night for us, but uh, I must say, I was even proud of the way Martin O'Neill handled the loss afterwards. He was like, it's not all doom and gloom. No, like, it's not. Move on to the next qualifying campaign. And I feel like everyone had the pitchforks out for the Irish team uh, in terms of the media. And well, some, uh, people, some people just want to give out for no reason, saying, yeah. like, why didn't Wes Hulahan start? Now, I can, like, like Martin O'Neill, like, you could tell that he wanted to, like, keep it solid for the first hour. Yeah. And then go for the goal. Because that's what Ireland do every time. Yeah. He wasn't like, right lads, let's go, go get a goal in the first 10 minutes and defend for, like, the, for like, the next 80. He's like, know? right lads, for the next 90 minutes, you're Barcelona. He was never going to say that, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, lads, we're stoked today. And then if we need it, we'll bring on Wessie. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and you know what? I never go to an Ireland game and be like, can't wait to see the football they're playing. Yeah. I go to an Ireland and be like, 
hope we win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not going to watch Ireland play for a high standard of football. No. I'm going to hope they win and like enjoy the atmosphere. Yeah. And like, in fairness, for the first half an hour, the atmosphere was electric. Yeah. Then obviously, the two goals were conceded. And look, we can sit here all day and tell you whose fault the goals were. But like, you watch the game, you know whose fault the goals were. You know I mean, like, some players didn't have great games. What can you do? You can always argue. It's easier to say when you lose five one that the manager made the wrong subs. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but that team could have easily went there and won. And then exactly, you, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't say Martin O'Neill genius. You know what I mean? <sighs> it's, it, yeah, it, it's. I think I think just like realistically to, to go over it all. I think like money needs to be put into the to, to the youth teams of the Irish sides uh, because like realistically like there's so many young Irish talent that is is not is obviously being overlooked. And I think a lot like especially when I was growing up that like a lot of the players that were like way taller were getting brought away and then like I mean realistically what I'm 27 now there was not many 27 year olds on that side that would have been no you know what I mean well like Robbie Brady's what like Robbie Brady's actually barely like, yeah Robbie Brady and young. Jeff Hendrick are yeah. sort of like they're sort of a couple of years are, are, yeah they're sort of close to our age demographic yeah, yeah they're keeping the age demographic down if you yeah. think about it like but like where's really the talent gone there's because yeah. I know when I was playing football there was a lot mm. of talent Especially when you're looking at and you're looking at the sides as of late, and like a lot more electricity players are getting back into the sides. So therefore, it's, it's actually sort of showing that like the Irish players aren't being brought over to England as regularly, and it's showing that maybe we're not developing the way we should be. But like, if you if you even look at the side, the, the, the like look at Wales. Like, I mean, what has Wales haven't created a player like Gareth Bale? And uh, I was going to say Gordon Ramsay and Aaron Ramsay compared to Ireland having like probably the most skillful probably player would be mm-hmm. Robbie Brady probably yeah yeah but even looking like Ben Davies who plays left back for Spurs and for uh, and for Wales like he's a fantastic player as well and you, I just look at that Irish team and I'm just like we're we're missing a trick over here. yeah we are yeah, definitely missing a trick there has to be missing like we haven't had a world class player since Roy Keane you know what I mean like Robbie Keane like always played Elvis Keane for Ireland but like. Put it this way, Real Madrid were never knocking on Robbie Keane's door. You know what I mean? They go to Inter Milan when he was younger, though. That is true. No, in fairness, well, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, well, like, Roy yeah. Keane is obviously yeah, like yeah, Roy Keane. Level yeah, but that's what I mean. But like, we're missing one of those star quality players, and I feel like a lot of other teams have that, and we're missing out. Yeah. And I feel like whatever we're doing wrong, Scotland are probably doing wrong the same. Because I, I look at Scotland and think they're a very similar outfit. Yeah, those three, yeah. You know what I mean? There's, so, so we're doing better in Scotland. Yeah, we're doing better in Scotland, but really, see, what about you Northern know, Ireland? I feel like Northern Ireland only lost one nil. I can't believe how much Northern Ireland punch above the right. Yeah. And there, there was actually like debate on there the other day whether like Ireland and Northern Ireland should join as one team. And like I, I don't know how. Like really, see on political stance, I have no problem with that. But, but the like, rugby do it. Yeah, but my thing is right. I looked at the Northern Ireland team and go, none of those players should be in the Irish <laughs> team. But <laughs> well, like, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they actually do better than us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And our manager is well, from we Northern take, Ireland. We take Johnny Evans. Yeah, we yeah, take Johnny Evans. Yeah, but uh, look, I don't know Northern Ireland. Realistically. There are eleven players. You know what? They're, it's very similar to Ireland. Like when they go out on the pitch, they put it all on the line, yeah. and that's what really it is matters. Great isn't to it? See, yeah. So, like overall, I don't know what the look out is for future. Normally, I give like a definitive answer, and I'm on this side of the fence or that side of the fence. At the moment, I'm standing on the fence, going, "It can fall either way." Okay. That's why I look at it. Well, the thing is, that you can't you can't come out with, uh, to Martin O'Neill with a like with a, a pitchfork and yeah. and be be like, "Why didn't you get us to qualify?" When you just have to look at the players and how well he's done with the caliber of players, because mm. I don't even think like I don't think would Mourinho do much better. No, probably not. And the way I also look at that, we almost he almost shoots himself in the foot by doing so well because if Ireland finished fourth in that group, people went fair enough. 
Yeah, you know I mean, they would have went fair enough, and that was sort of it. But um, look, we didn't qualify. Rode on the Euros. There's not much else you can really do about it. It's it's just like it's like going for a job interview. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. You just have to move on. There's not much more you can do about it. Yeah. Stick some money into that that the youth development, and yeah. uh, we should be all right. Okay. So. We're going to do move into Ross's favourite part of the show, the quick fire Premier, Premier League. League fixtures, right? So, there's no Friday fixture this week. Uh, Disappointing. And, yeah, but Saturday morning, we kick off with Arsenal versus Tottenham, a battle of the London clubs. Uh, Arsenal versus Tottenham. Uh, I'm going to say Spurs will win. Uh, I know Arsenal actually have a better record in the London derby, but for me, I think that Spurs team looks too good at the moment, and the Arsenal team seems to have problems. Yourself? Um, just because Lacazette like got two and Ericsson got three I'm going to go for the Tottenham as well <laughs> uh, Bournemouth taking on Huddersfield uh, I'm going to say Bournemouth just because they're playing at home to be honest yeah. other than that no particular reason I'm going to go draw uh, Burnley versus Swansea I think Burnley will win I think that Chris Woodfellas is going to score if he's back fit I think, I think I'm going to go for Swansea man Abraham's have to get into England's yeah. I have a bit more like a bit bite. more bite, yeah, yeah. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Everton uh, I'm going to go Palace. Um, I'm going to go Palace as well. I yeah. don't see everything doing much damage. Uh, Leicester versus Man City. No, Man City. Man City, Man City are too good. Liverpool versus Southampton. By the way, Mane is out now for a you few more weeks. Liverpool A team versus Liverpool B team? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think Liverpool will win. I think Salah's too hot to hunt. Okay, yeah, Salah. Yeah, Liverpool to win. At home, especially. Uh, yeah. West Brom taking on Chelsea. Uh, no, Chelsea. Chelsea are too good. These Chelsea days. are too good at the yeah. moment. And then the half-five kickoff, Manchester United versus Newcastle. Oh, I think Manchester United are going to win. I think they'll win about 3-0. Bernie Pog was not back for that game, but I feel Lukaku scored three times over the international break. I think he's going to break his duck, and I think United will win handily enough. Yeah, sure, right home as well. And then on Super Sunday, the return of David Moyes. Watford versus West Ham United. Oh, jeez, you didn't call that Super Sunday, did you? Uh, no. The only game. <laughs> no, I think Watford are actually going to win. They're doing better in the league, and I don't think Moyes is the man to make it a one-day miracle. Yeah, also uh, Javier Hernandez is after getting injured as well, playing for Mexico. Great, great fact. <clears throat> yeah, and then Super Monday, Brighton versus Stoke City. I don't think it's been ever referred to as Super Monday, but there yeah. you go. Monday night football, uh, I just look forward to the punditry on Monday night. <laughs> yeah, same here, yeah. Let me think, the, I'm going to say... Brighton, just because they're playing at home, and I'm probably never going to pick Brighton ever again, so I'm going to pick Brighton this time. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with Brighton because they beat Man U at home as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's we're also point. recording the next podcast on Monday. We'll yeah. for that. Who knows? We might watch the first half before we yeah. record it. Uh, that sort of wraps up the. Also, Champions League's on next week as well, but that sort of wraps up the football segment on the show. Ross Cabell, what you make of the football segment? Um, obviously, very disappointed that our last but. Look, there's no point dwelling on it. There's nothing you can do about it. Fair play to Denmark. I'll be interested to see how they get on in the tournament. And best luck to everyone who's going to Russia to Barros. Who are you picking for the World Cup, Barry? Obviously, you're going to do a World Cup podcast, but now that the European qualifiers are over, who are you picking? I like France at the moment. Yeah, France look very, very dangerous. Uh, if I'm going to pick someone, I'm going to pick Brazil because they have Neymar and Gabriel Jesus and they look like they enjoy each other's company. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry excuse me uh, just over the weekend there obviously on Saturday the Irish rugby team won 38-3 against uh, South Africa the South Africa didn't look actually that impressive at all but no. Ireland biggest yeah, ever win over right. South Africa yeah um, fair play to Bundy Aki yeah yeah great start massive hit in the first minute looked fantastic Barry the controversy over this game was the jerseys did you find it hard to tell the teams apart not really but I, like, why was Ireland's jersey so like dark green 
Yeah, it was like a dark grey green yeah, jersey, and then South Africa's was green. Yeah, but that's their home jersey, isn't it? The South Africa home jersey, yeah. Yeah, but the Ireland one. That's the way one. That's the, the or well, like, I don't know, I think it's an alternative one. I think they have three. I think they have a white one, and a green one, and a grey one. And they wore the grey one. They should have just wore white or green. It yeah. would have been easier to tell, but when they're on the ground, it was hard to tell. When they were standing up, it was grand. Yeah. But uh, yeah, great win, uh, great performance from Akai, uh, great performance from Stockdale. Uh, Johnny Sexton was phenomenal again. Joey Carberry was good again. Uh, look, it was just uh, oh, Rob Herring scored his first ever try for Ireland. It was just a great, fantastic performance by Ireland. They really just like shut South Africa down, and there's not much more you can say about it. It was absolutely yeah. phenomenal. I can't wait to go to the Fiji game on Saturday. That's the thing, yeah. Uh, we're actually going to the Fiji game this Saturday. Kickoff is also, I think it's quarter past five, to be honest. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a bit of a later one. Really look forward to going to it. It should be an awesome game. And we expect nothing more than Ireland win again. I actually think we'll actually beat Fiji by less than we beat South Africa. Because I feel like we're going to make a good few changes. Okay. I feel like it's a bit of an experimental team to put out. Well, then, that's all we really have to say yeah. about the rugby, really, yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up the show? No, uh, just thanks a for listening. Uh, hope you guys uh, get involved with the competition that we're going to run on the t-shirt yeah. soon. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Uh, we might even give away the flag, depending on how attached Barry is to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, other than that, as always, stay energised. <laughs>